Hello and welcome again to another edition of the Unqualified Huddle with myself, Simon, the twins, Sham and Shan. How are you both doing? Well, we're using a different setup here today. We've got a camera pointing our way. I can see your faces for once. Um, so it's weird. But other yeah. than that, we've got another heat wave here, people, all you American <laughs> listeners. Um, oh, one of you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but but it's uh, yeah, no, it's all good, everything feels groovy. NFL season started, well, no, no, well, no, I don't feel you can claim it as the NFL season started. You, sh- you should have listened to this guy off the podcast, he was like Trayvon Walker, MVP. Of course, he was. Of course, he was. And here he goes again. He was criticizing Sham. He was clearly creaming his pants after the first, like, (laughs) first snap. (laughs) (laughs) The first play. He's just there, like, just cheering himself up. I've seen seen that video clip more than I think any other video, more than Gangnam Style has been viewed on YouTube. (laughs) I didn't know you were looking at that on your own. Let's talk. Yeah, he's, he's secretly enjoying it himself. Um, let's just let's talk about the uh, the game then. Like, because I, I won't lie, I've not seen it. I want, went to watch the highlights and I thought you didn't I'm miss. Better, much. I'm better than this. I'm I'm just better than this. I'll read about it. People will write about it. I'll read about it. That will save myself. I sound. mean, do you want my analysis? The yeah. little bit of analysis you can get. Oh, to obvious, obviously, the, ra- the Raiders are going to be a problem. The depth they have. On that interior of their line, that any running back who's in that game, and uh, they picked White from Georgia, he looked really good. Josh Jacobs was surprising playing in the game when all their other main. It's not. It's not surprising. Players. I don't. I don't understand this whole because I've been seeing this narrative all week. Going, oh, Josh Jacobs is like playing. It's surprising. No, why is it? Because Has... star start teams number one running backs. Has he done his number one running back never played he's, this game. He's not the number one, though. He's no, in the doghouse. Exactly. Has he, oh, wow. has he proven enough in his time in well, that's clearly, Las Vegas that's why he's playing, slash right? Oakland? He has. To be number, no. no. Well, that, that's why he's playing, because they don't think he's fully the, like earned that status, right? But I think the Raiders is... what they were, Everything's obviously simple, but you can't get much out of it. But they were executing well. Um, I liked how their running game was... Oh, the interior of their line was overpowering people, and a lot of their starters of their O line was basically their starting O line was playing. Um, the other piece was Trevon Walker, we've already touched on. He looked good. A couple I, of drives. I genuinely the sack, you know, I, hit. Ca- I cannot care l- less about how well a player does in the first preseason game. But it was I, starter versus starter. That's uh-huh, why I it's, thought of it. Uh, I mean, it's it's nice to see it rather than not see it, but it, it doesn't count for much. It's like it, it's like practice. If someone makes a great yeah. one-handed grab. It's nice to see it, but I, I'm not missing much if if that's not happening. I know exactly what you're saying. There. You don't miss much out of the Hall of Fame game. It doesn't really mean too much. You're just looking for little silver linings of plays. Well, I, I just find that whole, interests you. I find the whole preseason a little bit of a shambles, to be honest, because at the end of the day. Teams aren't going to like utilize their full playbooks and stuff, are they? They're not going to be like, let me show my entire hand to the rest of the NFL about what we're going to do this year. So you're not seeing like a full offense or full defense from these teams. They're throwing out like their base offense and defense, like the basic stuff. 
and it's all the players that you're never going to see again. Which yeah, I, true. I understand the players. I understand the importance of it. Like, don't get me wrong, I understand that you want players to like you. They need to show that they're going to stick on that like sixth cornerback or like that <laughs> that fifth safety. I mean, How, I'm just it, not here for it. Yeah, well, well, for the players, you know, there are some uninspired coaches. I mean, their their playbook in the regular season is just as vanilla as, <laughs> as a preseason. By the I mean, Joshua. I mean, Josh McDaniel was calling those screens. I'm like, okay, but it's bit, it's bitter all out there. But like, w- w- especially with these two teams with new head coaches, new systems, they've played what two practice. Oh, I know I, the Jags had two padded practices before this game. I, I genuinely couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's. I think we might as well add on the uh, Hall of Fame ceremony in this. Jags, just a shout out. The Jags having their first play on there. Who? Tony Baselli, their first Tony Baselli, yeah, that, that was that was a that was a great moment, and he he's, he had a um, recording from his dad, I believe. Um, yeah, who passed away last year from cancer. Well, that is totally upsetting, and now I can't make any jokes about it, so I won't. So you've ruined that for me. Thank you. Um, it, it was a nice moment, though. Anyway, back back to you know more upbeat stuff. I just want to say um, the NFL preseason mm. with three games outside of the Hall of Fame game. Everyone wants less preseason, but it means even less now because the starters aren't even playing any game properly. Well, they, they don't need to. In, in a lot of these scenes, they the starters picked in in practices and stuff. They're not gonna they're not gonna roll out with their starters, and like a lot of the guys are established already. So, like I, I know for the Saints, because obviously Saints fans, I, I followed what their preseason's going a lot more. You look at their roster already. You know, like fifty players that are going to be on that roster come. The end of preseason, so there's there's five roster spots that are available. That's it. And yeah, like... those those deep teams like the Saints, they have a lot of star power. Um, realistically, you're gonna have to pull out all the strings to get in that roster. Um, but but I, so... I feel like I feel like it's sorry, Sham. I feel like it's basically that across the board, though. No, you you don't need to apologize. Especially it was it was just a it was just a jibe. But you know, Alvin Kamara maybe getting suspended. You have six no, rosters. Uh, you have six roster spots. Uh, uh, no, not not until at least midway through the season, as they've pushed back his court case. But you you watch preseason. Last thing for fantasy football. Let's face it. No. Who's that guy who might break out? No. That's what I'm looking at. But with three games, you, you can't even do that really as well these days. Before, when they had the fourth game, you looked at that third preseason game as that key game where you think, oh, yeah, I might target him late in the draft. No, I I, I do not look at preseason in that way at all. I, I look at preseason as the bit, the last hump I have to get over before I can enjoy American football again. Like that, that is what preseason is to me. Like, I know I'm being a Debbie Downer right now, but it's something's never change. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's essentially what it is. Like, it's, it's not legitimate American football because it is just practicing and stuff. So, it may have, it may as well, instead of being called preseason games, it's just a way for them to try and sell more tickets and get more ad revenue. But it could just be joint practices. They, yeah, well, they could... the coaches say they get more out of joint practices than preseason games, of anyway. They do. Because in a joint practice, you can stop and be like, oh, I need to coach that guy because he's done something wrong. Whereas in a preseason game, you can't. Not only that, you might say, okay, you might go to the opposite head coach and say, let's do red zone. Just practice red zone. Red zone defense, red zone offense, swap. You get more 
tangible things out of it, more tangible situations that you want to practice based on the looks you've received. There's also less chance of injury because you're you're it's all it's all under you know a certain level of tempo. You'll see the stars out there practicing because there's less chance they're going to get injured in a meaningless game. But that's why week one of the NFL season is amazing. Some of the wild results we will see. And overreactions. And overreactions. The, the overreactions is the big thing. I, I we'll can't be wait here for one. <laughs> yeah. We'll be we'll be the ones overreacting. <laughs> like, let's be honest. But no, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to, to that part. But I, I just can't wait for this preseason stuff to get in the bin. Well, no, but it has whetted everyone's appetite, right? Let's um, we well, do feel it's there now. Well, well, not if you're Daniel Jones. I mean, <laughs> I oh, mean the, the vendettas coming out again. The that, that's out. what I want to talk about. You know, forget about all these nonsense preseason games. I want to talk about the actual thing that matters, that the practices, the highlights or the non-highlights. You guys have seen that throw, right? You know, uh, to his right, basically a throwaway, but not really. Uh, and he, it, was, it was just horrendous. I won't lie. I have not seen it. However, I have no desire to look or watch any New York Giants practice any... I, I don't have a desire to watch a New York Giants game, let alone, like, watch their practice before the games. Like, they, they stink the place up, and I don't see them doing anything but stinking the place up again, especially with Daniel Jones' quarterback. So, I know, uh, obviously, this is Daniel Jones, and they probably should be looking at alternatives already. Garoppolo. I mean, it's the first year. There's a link with Garoppolo with the ball from New England. But, like, uh, Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show said, apparently that video you're talking about, Shan, uh, everyone's going to shit on Daniel Jones, but Kenny Galladay ran the wrong route. Rappaport confirmed that by that, sources with the Giants. Well, that, that doesn't shock me either, because like <laughs> since Galladay's gone to the New York Giants, he's he basically earned his money and went, well, that's me now. I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll hang him up. I'm when they paid him that contract, that was a kind of a head-scratcher. Because no, no, I don't think so. I think it was. He, did, he did enough at Detroit to what to, to sh- earn eighteen million after doing one good year. Yeah, I think so. You take the risk. Look at um, look at Shams' boy, Christian Kirk. <laughs> at least now it, your at boy, least Christian it... Kirk. Sorry, <laughs> look at Shams' boy, Christian Kirk. I mean, at least Christian Kirk had shown more in no, the no, 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 no. You cannot no. compare those two and be like Christian Kirk did more to deserve that money than Kevin well, Galladay. Christian Kirk can move. Kenny Golladay very Kenny, he's not Kenny, agile, Golladay, right? Kenny Golladay played as the number one receiver in that Lions yeah, offense for with a long Matthew time. Stafford thrown he, in the ball. he changed okay. games. Yeah. Kirk, I'm sorry. He's a good receiver, but he, he's not a game changer. Well, Daniel Jones is not going to play to Kenny Golladay's strength because Daniel Jones probably expects wide open throws to be able to make them. All, all, I, know, all I know is Daniel Jones is not the answer, in my opinion. Shan, no, you've, I... been, you've been really high on Daniel Jones, haven't you? Just kidding, I, just kidding. I, I just don't kidding. know what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> no, D- Daniel Jones, I, I don't want to like, throw him under the bus too much and slate him too hard, because obviously he's a lot better at American football than me. That's why he plays with but, me. Well, we're Christ. not comparing us to them. Well, it's a hate to overreact. We're talking I'm... about the 32 best <sighs> positions in the NFL. Well, he's Didn't number 34. Play? I don't know if he's 34. I don't wait, know if he's is Gino Smith ahead of him? I don't know if he's 34. I'm just like making that number up. But yeah, I, I might put Gino Smith ahead of him. He might be safer with the ball, might not fumble it as much. At least at least he doesn't have the ball as a bar of soap. They need a free Saquon Barkley. <laughs> the man's wasting his talent. 
Well, he, he'll last all of about three games. Until yeah, I mean, you can't, blame, you can't blame the Giants for Saquon bad. No, you, you, can bad also, you can also blame the Giants for not putting an offensive line to block for him. So then well, he, maybe they should. Maybe the Giants should also have a better backup running back who they can rely on a bit more. Matt Breda. Well, yeah, but like, where yeah, were they doing all these other years? With yeah, they do, they're doing that. Yeah, but you, you look back at last few years, Will and Goldman, and and like I can't think of anyone else. Like that's that's it. So you know, now they might do, and now they've got a better offensive line because they've invested in it. But in his rookie year, his, his year two, year three. He was getting hit five yards behind the line of scrimmage every time. It was like a, a linebacker's wet dream. Like, yeah, and, his, and his, he's not one of those running backs who just runs with his head down. No. So he, it was like a bad fit, bad O-line in a way. But uh, like right at this point, you're not going to trust Saquon Barkley staying on the field, are you? You guys, when the fancy football draft comes around, you'll be like, Saquon Barkley, what a steal. <laughs> yeah, in round like six. <laughs> Watch it all backfire on us, and Kenny Galladay <laughs> becomes becomes another pro bowler. What one, one, one thing I want to talk about? We're talking about uh, Daniel Jones as quarterbacks. Um, I want to just go to Carolina a minute and talk about the QB competition between Baker Mayfield and um, Sam Donald, and not just the QB competition. I want to talk about something else, but let's talk about the QB competition first. Um, apparently, it's it's no longer a competition. Apparently, it's May- Mayfield's to, to lose. I mean, um, I think as soon as that shot. trade happened, <laughs> as soon as that trade shot. happened, it would happen, right? Yeah. So. Well, it's it's not a shock to me, and also, um, you know, May- Mayfield, he's been done dirty. Like he just he just has. So I, I'm glad he's getting another opportunity. I don't think Carolina is going to be a place where he's going to going to like. Uh, thrive and part of the reason is is what happened at practice the other day when he threw the threw a touchdown to Rashad Higgins who decided to celebrate on his way to the end zone. Ooh, you can't you can't celebrate Sam. You can't celebrate. <laughs> you can't celebrate anymore. Got a taunting penalty and Matt Rule doing that, you know, following Joe Judge's footsteps, decided to make the team do laps. He's like, no, we're not having fun at practice. We're gonna run. We can't be scoring touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, can't, I mean, Matt, can't be scoring Matt, points. You're gonna run instead. But they do say Matt Rule's taken a bit of a more compared to the last two years, a bit more lighthearted, lighthearted approach. But I just don't. I just think did he's say, on the hot seat, a more right? lighthearted approach. Yeah, compared to the last two years. Yeah, apparently so that, he's been the central figure at camp the last two years. This time, so, he's letting his leaders lead a bit more. Oh, that's that's not what the phrase "lighthearted" means. <laughs> when, you, when, well, you're like, saying, I mean, when you're saying "lighthearted," it makes it sound like he's just like having a joke. <laughs> no, like, I mean, just like, like, some tunes on him. Like <laughs> but what, I, what I don't actually, I don't actually a, feel sorry hand, for Bacon. Hands-off approach is what you wanted yeah, to say. Yeah, probably less of yeah, more of a hands-off or less party approach. But um, I don't feel sorry for Bacon Mayfield. I think part of that was brought on by his own leadership style. None of the guys respected him. Or, Clearly, by the seams of it, he wasn't respected in that locker room. No, no. Yeah, the even... Browns players. Let's face not, it, David Ober, Odell Beckham Jr. over Baker Mayfield. There's enough clips of where Baker throws a pick and literally <laughs> no one goes to him on the sideline. I mean, you, you don't need, I think, leadership. There's quarterbacks, you know, like Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, who people question their leadership styles. 
Um, yeah, well, it, it'll be interesting what happens in uh, Carolina going forward this year. Uh, and I think Matt rules on it on his last year unless they they do something, which they're in a tough division to try and do something in, in my opinion. But the yeah. worst take, the worst take I see online about Matt Rule is, well, Bill Belichick does it. Once you win a few Super Bowls, you can do what you want. Well, yeah, that, let's see that, how Bill, how long, how much success Bill Belichick with us has without Tom Brady, right? I mean, he overachieved got Matt Patricia as OC. Oh, here we go. Here we, I'm not here to talk about the Patriots right now. But we, we might come on to that in another podcast. Well, uh, well, once the regular season starts, I'm sure we'll always <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, it's, you never want to talk about them, but then they make themselves noteworthy because they keep winning when they shouldn't. Yeah, well, let, let's just move on and let's talk about uh, something that is going to happen in regular season now, which is this uh, rule change. Well, not a rule change. That's a really bad way of putting it. It's uh, what the focus of the NFL officials are on this year, which is going to be illegal contact, which for those that don't know, illegal contact is just where a defender makes contact with a receiver. while the Illegally. Illegally, sorry. While the quarterback still has the ball while in the pocket. So it's it's kind of similar to like pass interference, except the it would pass interference the balls in the air, whereas illegal contacts the ball is not in the air. And for me, this is another case of the NFL being absolutely one hundred percent against defenses. I mean, good defense makes good football as well. And I don't know if the NFL is going to well. I know the NFL has gone a bit too much the other way. Um, I want to see a bit more defense, and this is just going to be lead to more flags. I don't want to see more flags. There's too many flags as it is. Yeah, I, I, my my issue with this is like there there was a, a stat that in the last between 2002 and 2020, there's been an average of 96 illegal contact penalties, whereas last year there was only 37 illegal contact penalties called. Part of that though is the emphasis has been on. Uh, pass interference and a big a big chunk of the NFL's officiating has been focusing on pass interference for the last couple of years at least basically since the Saints got screwed so because of that <laughs> because of that we it's then taking the focus of this but again it's just another way to say if you play defense you have to play super soft and the, the NFL are trying to push this whole narrative of Offenses score like 50 points a game, which I just absolutely hate because, like you say, defense having a good defense is really, I find it really interesting to watch. I know it's not as like buzzworthy and you don't see as many highlights and splash plays and stuff, but I still like, I still enjoy it. Watching a good interception is great. Watching a great sack is, is awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah, like watching a 15 to 12 game come down to a field goal is exciting. It, as long as they, you know, not poor, to, poor quarterback play with Carson Wentz throwing it, you know, just handing it to defences. Um, <laughs> it, it's, it's good football, but um, one thing that this this proves to me is we've not solved pass interference. We're still getting these controversial calls, maybe even more controversial than what, you know, was was we were seeing a few years ago. This is just going to create another level of complication that we don't need. Absolutely, it's, it's just gonna it's just gonna make the matter worse. There's it's already so like obviously we're based in England and a lot of people you talk to complain about uh, if like when you talk to them about American football, their biggest complaint is how long the games go on. And, and how this slow is, is and like, we're well, used to fast paced uh, sports, right? No breaks, no timeouts in 
any of our sports, it's always continuous. Yeah, except for cricket. I mean, that, even then, the breaks aren't as much. <laughs> and but, golf. But the, the, this is the, the problem is though you can't you can't expect someone because they're, they're trying to push the market and stuff. And like people, people's biggest complaint is always it takes three and a half hours for a sixty minute game. And this is another reason why it's going to take so long because they're going to come back to this officiating. You throw flags. You don't move the like clock forward. It then stops. It's it's just another issue where you we're going to have and it's just going to extend games and it's going to be like bitty calls, which is and you're going to get running. yeah you're going to get more questionable results. Let's yeah. face it, people are always going to say, well, the NFL's for siding with a particular team here, <laughs> favoring this team over the team that's getting the calls against them. And most of the time. The calls are favouring the good teams. Well, I'm, I'm not saying they spent two billion pounds on a new stadium for the Los Angeles Rams to then let the Los Angeles like for Los Angeles Rams to win a Super Bowl. But you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I mean, I'm willing to put my tinfoil hat on. Um, and more controversy means more storylines, more news stories, more commercials during these reviews. So you know, um, no, well, it's, it's money more money for the NFL. More news, especially when they own a lot of the news. <laughs> a lot of like the, it, this is a strange setup for me as well. How the NFL own like all of their major like news like branches and stuff. Obviously, there's ESPN and stuff, but like a lot of the big name reporters who report the news are people employed by the NFL, and that always throws me off. So I'm like, how can you unbiasedly report on your own like company? Mm-hmm. Like, how can you have an unbiased opinion about it? You can't. Anyway, that's going off topic now. Yeah, as I said, I, I hate this. I hate this. Uh, I hate this idea. I I didn't like it when they were trying to emphasise pass interference because I feel like too much is taken away from defensive backs and they they just have to have such a hands off approach. So I just yeah, I hate it. It's it's not for me. And on that, let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, one thing that we we do need to finish, which is our season spoilers. Um, obviously, <laughs> we've done thirty teams. It's been a slog. Uh, we've got two teams left. We're doing things a little bit differently now because um, let's be honest, we can't be bothered. So what we're going to do? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going to just talk about the two teams. So let's let's talk about the Detroit Lions between us. You well, know, the Detroit Lions. Team. They've got I, I think, hyenas I, in front of them that they need to get past. <laughs> well, I, th- I think Campbell. that intro was was fitting for the Detroit Lions. You know, just, <laughs> just not hyping it up, you know. We're keeping it real with you guys. You got the Detroit Lions to 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 hey, help. Hey, uh, hey, don't don't you don't you disrespect those Detroit Lions on hard knocks? So you know that starts tomorrow. I mean, that's gonna be entertaining, right? Jamal Williams Dan, there, Dan, Dan Campbell. Campbell. Dan Campbell will make it entertaining. Did you see his speech to this uh, to the crowd at the? The stadium. Jamal Williams. No, Dan Campbell's speech where he talks about uh, they're starving, there's hyenas in the way. <laughs> uh, no, I, mean, no. I mean, Detroit's hospitality will be good, but not for outsiders. I mean, no, I, I, I did not. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds like it's an entertaining speech that someone should listen to because the Detroit Lions are an interesting team now. You said that last year about ridiculous the Jamal Williams speech in that huddle, if you guys have listened to it, that got me fired up for the NFL season. <laughs> this is getting serious now. <laughs> well, I, I, he said I, this is in us. Well, it was them. They got three wins and a tie. Yeah, and it, you know, 
I don't know how much better they'll do. I think they, I think they will improve, but then also, like we say this about a lot of teams, and this is where like, I have to temper expectations and stuff because obviously, all all the teams improve, or at least you you'd hope all teams improve. The Lions have done bits. They they're the they... most expensive offense in football. Are they? Yes, they're the most expensive oh, offense. You look at their offensive starters. Like I Who? think it's legitimately <laughs> really good. Well, yeah. I'm on the same Brown. Jameson Williams, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. I like it. You have to pause and think. Like you, you're like and oh, DJ Chark. No, yeah, yeah, but no, no. The reason for my pause, I'm like, the how is this the most expensive uh, offense in football? Because yeah, you've got some studs there, but you've got, I mean, Jared Goff. He's all right. Jared Goff's all right. He's he's like the prime meridian. He's like the the new Andy Dalton. That that's generous. So that I mean, with golf, he requires pieces around him. Yeah, there's enough yeah. pieces around there to realistically, on paper, compete. When you look the, at Taylor Decker, Penai Saul, Frank Ragnow, PJ Hawkinson, and those weapons, their offense sounds nice on paper. Like you look at it, and it does sound nice on paper. However, defensively, are they going to stand up against other teams, especially when they've got like such high-powered offenses in their own division? Not the mm. Bears. The Bears are trash, but they've got. The Vikings and the Packers, who are both some high-powered offenses that they're going to have to play against, they're going to play some other tough teams that are going to—I don't know the schedule off the top of my head—but they're going to play other teams that are going to have the same same thing where they're, they're playing a lot of a lot of these teams that are going to have high-powered offense, and they're going to need their offense to fire on all cylinders to be able to keep them in games. And like one of the guys that you talked about, Jameson Williams, he's not going to be ready to go for the start of the season. From all accounts, he's he's still going to be in like IR, I think, to start the season. Yeah. So you know, he was a nice, nice pickup in the draft, but he's not someone that's going to contribute straight away. No, uh, I mean the main thing's going to be on you know covering. Like we know Jeff Okuda's not the best start, right? No. I mean he was considered safe. He's really got to play better than he has. And the opposite guy is Armani Aruare. I hope I pronounced yeah. that right. He's got to obviously deliver his bit. If if Jeff Akuda can't, he's got to be covering the. You're talking about. You just said it, Jefferson. And feeling in that division, Justin Jefferson and feeling are like against the Vikings, and then you know Packers. Aaron Rodgers can fit the ball wherever he needs to go. So where where do we see this team being at the end of the year? Why don't you go first, hey? This is your Maybe. team after all. I can see them sneaking five wins. It'd be <laughs> would be where I put them, uh, but that's like their ceiling. Uh, I think I think four wins is kind of like a nice figure for them. I, I can mean... see, them, see them getting a fifth. I don't see them doing much more than that. And it's it's not so much the offense that's the issue. I think it's the defense that are going to let them down in games. I was going to go with five games, but really uh, that could be be a bit generous. I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bets. Go four games, four wins. I'm going five wins. I think they've got a decent schedule, you know. Twice the Bears. Why did you there. laugh at me there when I said five wins? Because <laughs> initially I was like, yeah, that's a bit low. Simon. But then reality hits when you look at it. And, yeah. He just wants to disagree with us every single week. Hey, I'm I'm agreeing with Simon here. Five yeah, wins. Yeah, but, but initially I said five wins. You laughed at me. Well, because <laughs> I looked at their starting schedule and like, they play the Seahawks and Commanders in the, like two of their first four games. Yeah, and they got the Bears twice, and they played the Jets, I think, and they played and the, the Jags. Jags. Yeah. yeah, 
they've got a lot of winnable games, so I, I like them for this year. Um, in that, I don't, I don't see them gonna like you know get to the playoffs, but you know, I think they'll be more competitive and stuff. But anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the Steelers now. Um, do we have to? <laughs> We, we saw have. It. We saw it. And it's not fair on Steelers fans, at least. Come on. They're a good team. I mean, team, their usually. play, to be honest, they're going to suffer watching their team play this year. So the least we can do is. is, is are they, are they not? And and is, it, is it not going to be an improvement from last year? Well, not with their quarterback situation because it's going to be Mason. Oh, well, Mitch Trubisky starting. Yeah, but I don't know. I, at least Mitch Trubisky can. Can like <laughs> getting games and stuff. I mean, he took the best to the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean, was that Mitch? Took the best to the playoffs multiple no. times. No, they took Mitch. They took Mitch Trubisky <laughs> to the playoffs. He was, he was he was holding on for dear life. You know, <laughs> the back and, that, and that's what the Steelers team can can do for him again. Because you look, their defense is still probably legitimately one of the better defenses in the league. Their mm. their front seven is still going to be pretty good. TJ Watt is arguably the best defensive end. Like in the league right now, the wide receivers, the wide receivers, yeah, wide receivers are pretty good. It's just, it, but I don't want to talk about the wide receivers because they've got Mitch Trubisky trying to throw the ball to them. So you know, I mean, they've got quitters. Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. That's it. Pat Frymouth. Okay, and okay, George Pickens. We failed. He failed due to personal issues, whatever. But it's still Mitch Dam Trubisky. And- and I like their running back. Najee Harris is a he showed last year. He's he's got the makers of a good running back. He just needs some offensive line help. I, I, a bit I, more jiggle, but yeah. <laughs> Your money don't jiggle, jiggle. It's I mean, the good thing for them. I mean, what I think is a good thing for them is that they've got the Browns in their division, who are stinking <laughs> up the place again. Yeah, yeah. The, having the Browns help, uh, I think I think that's nice for them. They're obviously in a tough spot though because they they've got the the Ravens and the Bengals in their division, and they're really not easy games. No, so, no. and the AFC is tough this year. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> it's, it'll be tough to get to the playoffs this year for the AFC team because you've got so many top tier talent. Like the AFC West is disgusting. In the in the East, you've got the Bills, the Patriots, Dolphins. Like they all seem pretty nice. In the South, you've got the Titans. Um, and the Colts, maybe. In the South, you've got the Titans. <laughs> I have no respect to the Colts at all. And then, like, you know, in the uh, in the North, their division, like I said, they've got the Ravens and they've got the, the Bengals. So the, the AFC is a, it's a tough nut to crack this year. There's not like... <laughs> you, you could name, like, most of those teams have the potential to go to the playoffs. And they play most of those teams. Like they play the Raiders. They play. They play the, the Saints as well this year, and the Bucks. Then that division. So the NFC South. So, and and that's not that they're not easy games. Like, you know, the, especially the Bucks. Obviously, the Saints. You two have your opinion on that, but for me, the Saints isn't an easy game. It's not. Uh, no, the Saints won't be easy for anyone. Um, so so again, this is this is tough. What was this? What was their? Um, where did they finish last year? What was their final tally last year? Let me find out. Give me a second. They they overachieved last year. Yeah, yeah they I, I think they, they overachieved. They got they a, nine and seven. They had a court playing quarterback, so of course they overachieved. But Mike Tomlin, we need to give credit to him because he's underrated. He he's always consistent. I, you know, you can't you can't argue that Mike Tomlin's always been a consistently like good coach. They always always are in the playoff hunt, if not in the playoffs. You know. Oh, he's, he's an incredible he's won, coach. He's won a couple he, of Super Bowls. 
his pass well his man management his handling of coaches his transition of players it seems seamless how he deals with things um but I, the nine and seven i don't think they're even close nine seven one yeah, nine seven one. If you want to be precise, but I'm, <laughs> I'm actually well, going to say this is going to be their worst the, performance the, in a long. The, this game. year, I can see them uh, within five games as well. Oof. I have them four games this year. Really, I, I can see it being a big drop off because I don't think they've done anything in free agency or, or the draft to make me think otherwise. Like, unfortunately, I don't think they've done anything that I that makes me think. You know what? They're competitive. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give them six games just because they're that talented. I was tempted with seven, but they're that talented outside of their quarterback um, to keep games close. Well, there we go then. That's that's disappointing news for Steelers fans, obviously, because they're not going to make the playoffs of a record. They're going to come after us, aren't they? Well, on, on that note, I'm going to end it there. So thank you very much for listening. We'll be back to talk about more NFL shenanigans. And uh, preseason games. And more preseason games with all the enthusiasm I can muster. So thanks for listening. Speak to you soon. Bye. Peace. Bye.